Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Thanks, guys. Uh- I'm going to, to kind of lead us back into a time of worship here. Uh, one thing, again, that, that I really want to emphasize this morning is, is God is a God who wants to be encountered. He's, he's a God who actually wants to be personal to you. Uh, so if you would bow your heads with me and close your eyes, I'm going to ask that, Lord, you, uh, you would come fall on this place as you've done so many times before. And that, God, you'd, you'd reveal something from our time of worship from Jono's message, that, that God, you would do something to shift our hearts this morning so that we would leave as changed people. Come, Lord, and, and do what only you can do. Amen. November 18th. I'm so defeated from another argument last night. My soul feels injured. I expected for my husband to love and cherish me, that I'd feel loved and cherished. But I don't. I feel taken for granted and used. I don't even feel like he sees me or like he even loves me. I know I'm building walls between us, but I don't know what else to do. My heart hurts, and I have to protect it. Isn't a husband supposed to guard his wife's heart? Mine feels ripped to shreds. And I've put on so much armor. I've built so many walls, and I fortify them every day trying to keep the person I married out. Lord, I feel so alone. I didn't think it was possible to live with someone day in and day out and be lonely. I thought we'd just be there for each other, just face it all together. I thought his love would be enough to make me feel safe. And I feel like I've been fooled. I thought his love was enough for me. Lord, where do I go from here? And how do I forgive him? How do I get free from this hurt and resentment? Staying in love is hard, hard to be honest and keep your heart open and be truly who you are without the excuses, without the facade. 
There's no pretending Here in your love, oh Lord, set me December 3rd, I came to Jesus this morning feeling so out of love with my husband. My marriage feels so broken. And one line jumped out at me reading Corinthians. For Christ's love compels me that I should no longer live for myself. His love compels me. A love so big that he died. He died out of his love for me. A love so compelling, so moving, that it could change me from the inside out. Maybe my husband isn't responsible for making me feel loved or always feel safe. Maybe there's a bigger love I'm craving here. Is Christ's love enough? Could I live out of that love? Could that love overflow into my marriage, onto my kids? over my friends and family. It sounds so cliche and too easy, but what if? What if I actually get it? If I actually received his love, it would compel me. Compel me to share that love, compel me to love others well, compel me to seek reconciliation. Could that be true? Lord, I am exhausted. I've been living so selfishly and so self-centered, striving and yearning and always falling short. Lord, fill me up with your love. Change my heart. Rewire me to seek your love first and then compel my every action, my every word to flow from your love.
my heart. Change my focus, Lord, and free me from these things that close off my heart, the keeping score, the holding grudges, the unrealistic expectations. I have built up so many walls. And walls don't care who's on the other side. If I have walls up against my husband, I'll have walls up against my kids and walls up against my friends. I don't want walls at all. Break down the walls I built. Your perfect love can handle it. Tear down my walls, Lord, I am ready. Teach me, teach me how to love well. I wanna live in freedom. I let out the sails of my heart. Here I am. Let's pray together. I'm actually going to just keep you in this moment for a moment. And we're going to have the 5th through 12th graders head out to the back. 
while they're leaving. Would you pray with me? God, we're here, we're open. We're ready to, to hear what you have to say to us. We just, we come and we ask for more faith, God, that you are speaking. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. We're so thankful for you, for your presence, that you promise to be here with us as we gather. How we just lean on that promise right now. Do use this time for your kingdom and your glory, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks, worship team, for that. Can we just thank Julie, too, for that creative reading this morning, just to get to some of the, some of the underlying things we're going to be talking about. I'm Jono. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, John's off on, on an adventure trip with some guys, a discipleship trip, and he's having a great time. This is week two of the Naked Marriage series. We knew we'd raise some eyebrows when we called this series Naked, but we also knew the men would show up and stay awake, so <laughs> that's why we did that. Um, seriously, though, this, this guy, there's, there's a couple guidelines we like to share, and John shared them last week. I just want to share them again, the guidelines for this series, um, three lies you might be telling yourself today. One is, I'm single or divorced, so this doesn't apply to me. And we want to just say that's not true. These are, these are relationship truths that, that bridge beyond marriage. We're focusing on marriage, but these go beyond. And so if you're single or divorced, you are, we don't want in any way to feel, have you feel alienated or this isn't for you. And so it is. There's no shame here for failed relationships. We know it happens. There's no one in here has a perfect relationship. And, and if you're single, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not incomplete. Can I say that? Thank you, Jerry Maguire, for that lie. You are not incomplete. And uh, you, you, you can be a whole person and be single. So we just want you to, we want to say that this series is for you too. Um, the second lie is, is this is for my spouse. There's no elbowing next to you today. If you hear something that you like, that you really want your spouse to hear. This is for you. Draw a circle, a circle around yourself and try to change everyone inside the circle. That's, that's the point of this series, okay? And then th your situation is the exception. You might, you might be sitting there, this is the third lie. You might be saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you don't know, you don't know this person. You don't know what I live with. And just, just avoid, just avoid that temptation. Don't do it. Just ask God, what is the truth for me today? Just don't say, yeah, but. So those are the three lies. Um, today, naked expectations. Fun times. All right. Um, we are going to, we're on the heels of Valentine's Day. I mean, nobody has expectations about Valentine's Day, right? Nobody does in here. I still take my wife out on Valentine's Day, and we sat down at dinner, and um, we were having a great conversation. I said, I'm preaching on expectations so just give it to me. Where, where have I not met your expectations? I want to know. And she said, are you sure this is the right conversation for Valentine's Day? So an hour and a half later, no, I'm just kidding. Um, she was really gracious. She, she gave me some great feedback, and I, I appreciate it. She was, and we kept it light and fun. 
and the hard stuff will come later, I'm sure. Um, but uh, we are going to talk today about how to expose, how to talk about, how to adjust, and how to let go of expectations, because we all live with expectations. Let's go to our theme verse real quick, Genesis 2, 24 and 25. It says this, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. And this passage reminds us of the purpose of marriage. God's vision for marriage is oneness. It's bringing two people together closer and closer. It's a process. It takes time. It takes years. It doesn't happen overnight. And the result is naked and unashamed. And that word naked in the Hebrew language, it's, it's more than just nudity. It means that, but it also means open, emotionally, vulnerable, relationally, and physically. And so it's, that is, is what this is all about. That's what we're talking about is, is this relationship where we can be completely known and completely loved. That's God's vision for marriage. And we all long for that, don't we? We all long for that kind of relationship. I know I do. And so September 13th, 1997, just dated myself a little bit. I picked Erin up really early in the morning, took her to San Pedro Harbor. We went out to Catalina Island. I secretly had a ring in my backpack and really nervous feelings in my stomach. And we went out and uh, we had an amazing day together. And we, we walked and we talked and we shopped and we even went snorkeling in the Pacific Ocean up here, which was freezing. We went kayaking. We had an amazing, just adventurous day. And it's about sunset and I'm, um, I'm pretty amped because I want to I get to the top of this mountain to, uh, to share this poem I had spent half the night writing. I'm kind of a hopeless romantic in that way. So I, I, uh, I, I'm running up this hill and she's like, what are we doing? Why are we going so fast up to the top of this mountain? And we get to the top and I, I, I got down on my knee and I asked her to marry me. And um, I look back at those pictures. I was so young and had no idea what I was doing. I don't know why anyone let me do that. Um, but it was, it was the perfect day. And it set me up to think, oh, we're going to have the perfect marriage, too. We are. We're going we're gonna to have the perfect wedding. We're going to always have butterflies when we're around each other. We're going to hold hands all the time and stare in each other's eyes and, and tell each other how much we love each other all the time and give each other foot rubs and back rubs and have sex every day and twice on Sundays and have kids and have a house and, and it'll be really easy and we'll never fight and we'll never get really mad at each other. I really unconsciously believe these three words, I think, happily ever after. Thank you, Disney, for that lie. <laughs> Every Disney movie ends with a kiss on the altar and everything's great from then on, right? That's, that's the picture from our culture that we get. Everything's amazing, but it doesn't work out that way, does it? I mean, I, I've loved being married for 20 years, and it's such an honor to, to have Erin uh, as my wife. But life happens. Bills happen. Unexpected things happen. Sickness happens. Loss and grief happens. Things don't go as we expect, because we live in a world that is broken. And then on top of that, you put two 
imperfect people together in the same house and things happen. It's just life. That's, that's what it is. So we all bring expectations into our marriages and really into every relationship we have. This is not just about marriage too. We're going to talk about just expectations can sabotage every relationship if we don't keep them in check, if we don't know them. Someone once said the gap between our expectations and our reality is the, is the level of frustration we live with, the gap. And so we need to do the deeper work, figuring out what expectations do we have? Expectations are simply attitudes and thoughts about the way things could and should be. I love this quote from Albert Einstein. He said, many or men marry women with the hope they will never change. Women marry men with the hope they will change. Invariably, they're both disappointed. <laughs> Unmet expectations lead to disappointment. And we have expectations for just about everything, don't we? Work life, home life, sex life, family life. Norm Wright, psychologist, said this. He said, too many couples enter marriage blinded by unrealistic expectations. They believe the relationship should be characterized by a high level of continuous romantic love. People are looking for something magical to happen in marriage, but magic doesn't make a marriage work. Hard work does. Hard work does. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Let's look back at Luke 6. 47 and 48. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of rehash some scriptures we looked at last week, just tilted a little bit, look, looking at it from a little different angle. So Luke 6, 47 through 48, John, I, I recommend going back la last week and uh, listening to John's message on building your life, building your marriage on the rock. But here, here's one of the verses we looked at. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teachings, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. Digs deep. I was hanging out with Josh Hayes uh, this week, and we were talking about this passage, just, uh, just kind of mulling over it and talking about the implications of it. And, and when he, he brought up that phrase, digs deep, it was like a spotlight went on. Like, that's what this is. Digging deep, digging deep. It's hard work. He who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. Dealing with our expectations, reflecting on them, adjusting them, communicating them, it's part of the digging deep process, isn't it? That is the digging deep. We gotta, we gotta do that. And intentionally, we need to get below the surface. I love Gail Clay's quote, one of our favorite sages here at Ocean Hills. She said, much of life is simply expectation management. It is. And too many people just ignore the expectations that they have in relationships and in their marriage, and it sabotages. We live on the surface level, and we don't get under the surface of what is really happening. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. So what does it look like in marriage and other relationships to go below the surface, to deal with our expectations? Let me ask you this question. What expectations do I have a right to have? Which ones do I not have a right to have? What expectations are, are valid? 
and which ones are not. I'm going to give you three thoughts here pretty quickly, and an acrostic. John inspired me last week with rock, so I'm going to use dig this week. D-I-G. The first one, don't read minds. Don't read minds. Proverbs 18.2 and Proverbs 18.15. Listen to these. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. You know, God gave us a lot of amazing gifts relationally. Reading minds was not one of them. You're not a mind reader. When our expectations don't get met, though, we start, we start reading the other person's mind, don't we? We start telling ourselves the stories in our heads about the other person. Oh, he left that stuff out. He must think I'm his maid. He doesn't, he doesn't value my time. Or I got the cold shoulder again. She must not want to be with me anymore. Or he didn't come home t- on time again. He's always going to value work more than me. The stories we tell ourselves have a huge impact on our feelings, don't they? A wise person, the Proverbs tell us, search out understanding. Wise people search out understanding. They don't assume. They don't jump to conclusions. They want to listen first. Fools come to their own conclusions, their own assumptions. So how do you stop mind reading? I think the only way it really is to step out and, and be honest and be real with how you're feeling. Let me just give you one tool, one phrase that we've used on our staff and different, different places, and it's just this. It's, here's the story I'm telling myself. Here's the story I'm telling myself. Just put that in your toolbox. And when you start telling yourself a story about the other person, it's, it's a great way to, to come and say, here's the story I'm telling myself. I, I sense that I'm, I'm not valued by you, and this is, this is why I'm feeling this way. Here's, here's the story I'm telling myself. Someone once said, we judge ourselves on our intentions, but we judge other people on their actions. So the first part, dig, don't read mine. Second, identify your expectations. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. When our expectations don't get met, we get disappointed, we get down, we get angry, we get depressed, our heart feels sick, doesn't it? That, that's, what it, that's what that means. Our heart starts to feel sick. And that's a trigger to stop and to identify our expectations. What is happening beneath the surface right now? Why am I feeling this way? Peter Scazzaro, I love his work on the emotionally healthy spirituality and relationships. He gives this great framework for helping us examine and identify invalid expectations. And let me just give you, give you his four categories Real quick, invalid expectations come in four categories. The first one is they're unconscious. Expectations we don't even know we have. They're from our past, our family, our culture. They're just ingrained in us. Second, they're unrealistic. They're simply not reasonable for the other person to live up to. Third, they're unspoken. 
We, we, know they're, we know these, they're realistic, but we haven't expressed them. And lastly, they're, they're unagreed upon. We have an expectation of others they didn't agree to. And so what Pete Scazzaro says, he says, an expectation's only valid, I love this, when it's mutually agreed upon. When it's mutually agreed upon. That means you've done the hard work, the digging deep of identifying it, making it conscious, of talking about it, seeing if it's reasonable, of speaking it to the other person, and then agreeing upon it, right? I remember about 10 years ago, uh, we had a couple little teeny kids, and we had two jobs, and we had house stuff going on, and family drama, and, and I just remember this, this unmet expectation. I just was feeling like we're just roommates. We're, that life is just flying by, and there's just logistics happening all the time. And so I, I expressed that. I kind of stepped off the cliff and said, hey, I, I just feel like roommates right now. I feel like I expect our marriage to be more than this. Thankfully, she said, me too. <laughs> and, and we got to sit down and talk about how do we reprioritize? How do we come to an agreement about this? We need to do the deeper work of identifying and checking our expectations. Let me, the last one, G, give up your unrealistic expectations. Give up your unrealistic expectations. This is a great quote. I don't know who said it. Expectations are resentment under construction. Resentment under construction. That is so true. I think of them like weeds kind of in my yard. I don't know how about any, anybody having a problem with weeds this year. Mine are just starting to go crazy. And it's hard work to get in there and dig, dig those weeds out. You got to get them from the root, pull them out, and you clear them out and they pop up again. And it's just this constant like weeding out so the good stuff can grow and the weeds don't choke out the bad stuff. This is what expectations are like. They just, they're like weeds that pop up. We got to pull them out. We got to pull them out by the roots to go under the surface. Get on your knees sometimes. Get them out. I love the verse John, John quoted last week, or he read last week, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And we talked last week about how God wants us to have a new way of thinking about others. And I, I also think he wants us to, to have a new way of thinking about our expectations. And he wants to change, he wants, to, he wants us to give up our old way of thinking about how things should be. Because he's doing more than we can possibly see, than we even know what's going on. Here are just some examples of, of unrealistic expectations in our culture that we hear, that we see, that we maybe unconsciously even subscribe to. Happy couples continue to feel the same intense feelings of love. That's simply not true. A healthy marriage is not shaped by romance. It's guided by healthy habits. Number two, happy marriages remain the same over time. They don't. 
People change. You go through different seasons. They go through ups and downs. The real world, it changes. Everything changes. You can't expect it to remain the same. My marriage will make me happy. God has such a a bigger plan for marriage than your personal happiness. There's so much more he wants to do. My spouse should be my best friend or my soulmate. Thank you, rom-coms in Hollywood for that one. It shouldn't be this hard. Love takes hard work. We're told that in scripture. It is hard to love. And last one, we should never go through really hard times in our marriage. Real life happens and real hard things happen to us. And so that will impact marriage and relationships. You will go through hard times. So we need to figure out how do we give up our unrealistic expectations? What are those? We've got to do the digging, do the deeper work. What, what is in us that it keeps feeling that, that disappointment, that anger, that frustration? Let me close with this thought by Tim Keller. He said this, the reason that marriage is so painful and yet wonderful is because it's a reflection of the gospel, which is painful and wonderful all at once. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we're more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. That is a, is a picture of the gospel. Think about that for a second, that you are, you're more messed up, you're more imperfect than you even want to believe. And yet God says you're more loved and accepted than you could ever hope for. Naked and unashamed. All your imperfections and sin, everything open before God, and he still accepts you unconditionally, perfectly. And that's God's hope for marriage, too, that we would be completely real, completely vulnerable, and yet fully accepted. And that that takes some digging. It takes some killing, some bearing of our expectations. It's the hard work. I want you to think about the, the cross for a minute. And we, we put it up here on stage today just to reflect on it for a moment. And think about the disciples. All the followers of Jesus, all his family, they all had these expectations about who Jesus was to be and what he was supposed to do, didn't they? They all came to the table with expectations. And on Friday night, when Jesus was crucified, he was killed, and he was buried, there wasn't a single person standing up cheering. Everyone was disappointed. Every single person who had followed Jesus for these years of ministry, they were all disappointed. And what Jesus did, I I believe he took all their expectations, all their disappointments of what was happening in the world, 
and he just crucified them all. He buried them. He said, I'm, I'm taking all of those, and I'm going to show you. I'm transforming. I'm making room for something that is so much bigger and better than you could possibly even expect. It's way better. That is the hope of the gospel, that he can take our disappointments, he can take our expectations, and he can change us, he can transform us, he can change our minds, and he can show us. He's doing more than we think. He's doing more behind the scenes. So I don't know where you're life is right now. I know in a, in a crowd this size, a lot of people have come in with big disappointments about who God is, about their marriage, about their family, about their life situation. And this is the hope of the gospel, that he takes our disappointments, our expectations, and he brings his resurrection power. He, he he buries those and he brings a new life, a new way of living, a new way of thinking. And we can experience a new love because of that. So I want you to just to maybe think about your life for a moment. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. We have a response time up here and this is really the most important time of the, of the service today. It's time for you to do business with God and maybe think about those areas in your life where you have been disappointed, you have unmet expectations. Maybe there's, there's ones that just keep building resentment in your life and you just, you, you gotta weed it out, you gotta get it out. We've created some, some uh, just places up here to physically bury expectations and disappointments and give them to God so that he would make way for new life in our lives. And so we want to invite you. We're just going to have a time of worship. It's, you, can, you can stand, you can sit, you can come down and kneel, you can come and receive prayer and, and move around a little bit and you can come up and we have some paper and some pens and you could just simply write, write that, whatever it is, uh, on the paper, whatever God put on your heart today, where, where are you holding expectations? And you can bury those. Just bury them right in the sand and say, God, I'm, I'm ready for something new. I'm tired of living out of this unmet expectation. I'm tired of this disappointment. I need you to help shape my mind, help free me from these expectations. Okay, so let's pray together and then I'm going to invite you to take some time to experience the living God who's with us. God, thank you for this moment. We get to be with you. We get to pause our life, our just be in this moment with you, God. I pray that your spirit would speak to us. Would it bring up areas we need to bury, we need to kill, we need to um, just crucify on that cross with you, God. Those disappointments, those expectations, we thank you that you are doing so much more than we can see. We believe you are.
And so would you, would you come, would you speak? Would you help us respond in faith to you today? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.